Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you will fall out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon Show. We're excited to have Sean Donahue, the superintendent at Tidewater Golf Course, on today. Sean, thanks so much for taking time to uh, spend spend a few minutes with us and our listeners. We really appreciate it. Appreciate the invite. Thank you very much. Uh, let's see. So, uh, um, a week ago, I guess uh, we uh, we actually got to chat in person, which is kind of odd. This well, it's probably not odd for you being at a golf course. I mean, you're seeing uh, probably record numbers of people, I guess, uh, at Tidewater. I would imagine with everything that's going on, right? Yeah, it's been a good year uh, volume wise for sure. Um, we've definitely had an increase in in uh, local rounds played for for sure. Um, you know, our package business in the spring was was uh unfortunately hurt by everything that was going on in the world and uh but it rebounded a little bit in the fall and we're very grateful for that and and uh but we had a tremendous amount of local play um all through the summer and and up to this point throughout the fall so it's it's been been pretty good Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, 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 I know it was uh, it was packed when uh, when we were there last week. So I shouldn't not packed in a bad way, but uh, you know you, you definitely need to book ahead for a tea time. So uh, well, hold on before we get into this. So we kind of like to open up a little bit and uh, maybe get to know uh, get to know our local super a little. <laughs> so so I'm coming. Let's uh, so let's say you've met a couple. Uh, you know you're you're having having them over for uh, for a dinner party, the Donahue House. Uh, what are you serving us? Uh, I'm a steak and potato guy. I'm a uh, an Irish. Uh, I like my potatoes, my hash browns. You know, anything starchy, I'm I'm all down for that. Um, and I like my steaks. Uh, I'm a red meat kind of guy, so that's what we're having. Mm. Awesome. I knew we would yeah, get along great. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's like uh, fall, fall weather in Myrtle Beach, out on the deck, uh, maybe having a bourbon or 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 a good Irish whiskey, and uh, grilling up some steaks. I mean, I could I could get down with that for sure. Got, yeah, we're definitely. Uh, I mean, being this close to the beach, we're definitely seafood people too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last night we did crab legs for my youngest daughter's birthday, so oh. it's a little change oh, nice. of pace, but. I still had my uh, my tater crowns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, a little, little low country boil kind of thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's uh, so so let's uh, let's talk about Sean Donahue for a minute. We'll get into Tidewater in a second. Uh, well, actually, we can start there. So, how long have you been at Tidewater? Uh, I've been there since 2002. So I just celebrated uh, 18 years. Congrats. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. And, and that place. So you were there uh, through many, many of the awards then that Tidewater has, uh, has, uh, has received. Uh, you know, I don't know what you like your uh, best course to play by golf week in 07 uh, golf magazines, top 100. You can play the only core only layout that's been named best new course uh, by both uh, Golf Digest and Golf Magazine. That's all, looks like it's all under your tenure, right? For well, the, the double speaking. award was actually when we first opened um, in, in 91 or 92 when that award came out by Golf Weekend, Golf uh, Digest. So that was a little bit before my time. But um, yeah, gotcha. the, the rest of them, you know, those lists kind of bounce around from time to time. You know, I think the, the, probably the top 50% stay pretty much where they are all the time. Um, I think 
mean, it was either Bandon or uh, Whistling Straits kind of rearranged the top 50% on the, uh, you know, top 100 list a few years back when they opened up and everybody was like, wow, gotcha. this is, you know, fantastic. So, um, but, you know, the bottom 50%, they kind of, they kind of juggle around and you'll have one that might be, you know, 75th last year and they might move up to 73 this year or, or vice versa. So um, we've, we've kind of yeah. moved on and off the list depending on, you know, the year. And we went through a period of time where, uh, you know, we, our conditions weren't, weren't where we wanted them, where we expected them. Um, and, you know, the industry and golf writers kind of responded to that. So we've, uh, I think we've worked our way back up now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I'd say, so I, I played, um, uh, this is the first year that I've played Tidewater and, uh, the salty golfer and I hooked up, uh, I think it was July ish, definitely summertime. And, you know, uh, I took, caught him on Instagram. We started chatting. He's like, you know, I'm going to be in the area. He's like, great. I'll set us up some golf courses and had the pleasure of meeting you. I don't know if you can see behind me. I still got the, uh, so try to, try to, try to represent, uh, when I can. So I still got the flag in the bar. Um, and, uh, you know, what a magnificent layout. Um, I think you, you guys sport, uh, with the most scenic course you know, on the grand strand and, and, and it is nothing but that. I mean, we got plenty of pictures and some videos we still need to get up. We're kind of timing it with the, with the release of this, but, uh, so you guys sit between the intercoastal and that, is it a community or a town that's cherry grove? It's, uh, I would, I would probably say it's an area. doesn't definitely doesn't have its own zip okay. code. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's, a, I would say it's an area of North Myrtle beach. Um, it's a part of gotcha. section of North Myrtle beach, um, cherry grove, the, the, the yeah, we're, we sit right between intercoastal waterway and the marshes of cherry grove. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. So we, we had an early morning tea time, I don't know, around eight o'clock or so. And, uh, we did start on one this time. I think the last time we met started on 10, but we started on one this time and, I think by the time we made it to the turn, no, it was definitely on the front, uh, on the front side. So right at the marsh and you've just got boat after boat. I don't know if they were crabbing or fishing or maybe pulling traps or something, but uh, hell, I, I couldn't count how many boats there were like just, you know, so you got the marsh in between you and them. So they're not right up on you, obviously, but I don't know, maybe uh, a driver away, you've got just boats that are just all up and down the, uh, the water right there, man. It was a really, really awesome sight to see. And then, you know, if you look just over that, and of course you've got, you know, all the, uh, I'll call it the skyline of the beach, you know, so that that's a, a really awesome course. And what's, uh, is it hole number three that's, uh, stranded a little, uh, I should say little, it, it is not little by any means. It's not long, but it is, <laughs> but it is not a little par three. It's uh, that that's a hell of a tiered green you've got over there yeah, uh, that you've got to manage on that. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's probably my favorite two holes is that uh, is three and then and then don't you jump into four. That's kind of the dog leg left. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, yeah, th those are probably my favorite two holes on the course. And, and it is not because I played them extremely well. Ooh, um, it, it's just a, a just a setup, <laughs> but just the setup and where they are in the layout. I mean, you've got a very strategic, uh, you know, it is, I'd say that that number three stranded is all placement, right? I mean, if you don't hit it in the right spot, 
you're, you're just cooked, man. And you know, if you, if, especially if you've got a lower pin and you try to go for it, you, yeah. it's gotcha. If you miss anywhere on that slope, it's kind of got you. So it's uh, yeah, it, that's a fun hole, man. It, but all in all, I mean, I think Tidewater in itself is a very, um, uh, I think it is a risk reward golf course. I would call it that. I mean, you could say that about any of them, but I, I think it definitely sets up to give you a chance to go for it. And, and if you hit a good shot, you know, it is not one of those courses that penalize you from, uh, Oh, I hit a great shot. And now I've got kind of, you know, some kind of funky lie or something like that. And the greens are rolling. I mean, out of this world, man, you, you got to really uh, pay attention. Not, not too many pops on the course because, uh, <laughs> if you are, it could lead to many three putts. Oh boy. Yeah. Really the only blind shot on the whole golf course is number 18, the tee shot off of number 18, but, in, and then your second shot into that green is, uh, you know, you can, see the green completely and um not that many people make that green but uh you know it's 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 out there for as a target anyway <laughs> gotcha nice yeah i think i left mine a little left so i, I hit a really good which so you know i think tidewater is inter- interesting in the sense and from most courses but once you've played it once not to say you're going to master it the second time but it definitely kind of opens up as you progress through the golf course you can kind of see where i mean in 18 especially right i mean you're thinking oh i got to leave this thing way out here to the right and it's like well actually a draw works really well and if you can't hit a draw you can just hit a high straight ball over those uh, pines right beside those condos right there. And you're in you know, good shape to try to go for it at least. So yeah, uh, but that's but yeah, definitely local a, knowledge, you know, it's, it's definitely the <laughs> course is definitely, uh, you know, if it's your first time playing it, you know, it's, uh, definitely worth it to get online. And, you know, I know there's some, some flyovers of, of all the holes and, you know, just kind of research it before you come play it the first time. Cause it's, uh, even though it's not a, you know, there's not a lot of blind shots and it's, it's a very fair golf course. Um, knowing your way around will definitely help your second time around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, th- there was no doubt in my mind when, uh, you know, we'd scheduled and said, Hey, let's, cause we were talking about, let's do a fall trip and we're like, okay, where do we want to go? So, so the look, you know, the, the destination was a, a deciding factor. Once uh, I convinced everybody that Myrtle beach was the right place to be, uh, you're the first place I called. I'm like, we're starting here. And I don't know it. I don't know that it gets any better. Um, it might get different, but it doesn't get any better than, than what you get. I mean, I, I think it's, uh, I guess you could look at it two ways. I think tidewater for, if you're doing a guy's trip or something like that, it's, you can either start the week off with, uh, you know, wow, that blew me away. Am I going to get these conditions and this scenery for the rest of the week? which may you may or may not be disappointed depending on what you pick for the rest of a lot of good golf courses in the area. I'm not saying that, uh, but, but I think if you waited and played Tidewater as one of your last courses, I think you might be disappointed because Tidewater is one of those places that you play it. And again, just the conditions and the scenery and the, and the layout and the setup of the golf course, it's one of those where you might actually say, you know what, let's cancel one of those other tee times and let's replay this one. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, well, yeah, I certainly I, hope that you do, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a fantastic property. I mean, it's a, it's really a blessing to be able to be out there every day working on it. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky to, uh, to have had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So, so kind of a two part question. So one, um, maybe if you'll share kind of how you got into, uh, you know, why'd you become a superintendent? How'd you become a superintendent? And then, and then what's a day in the life of a superintendent of a golf course look like? 
Sure. Um, I started playing golf when I was five. Uh, my dad brought me out, you know, probably like most, most people start, you know, their, their friend or a parent brings them out. And, um, you know, my first trip out probably wasn't very uh, spectacular by any, you know, my attention span at five, I, I can imagine was uh, not very well, but, um, but D- Dan's isn't either, oh even boy. at, uh, and he's well older, older than five. <laughs> True. So. That's a good point. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just kind of played on and off, you know, growing up and played golf in high school. Didn't play very well. You know, I had a, a lot of other activities I was involved in and, and interested in and, but golf was always there. Uh, when I turned 15, you know, my dad came to me and was like, look, you know, you're going to be driving in a year. Um, you got money for insurance, you got money for gas, you got money for, you know, all this other stuff. And I was like, well, <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, you probably, probably should start looking for a job. And I said, okay. And we lived in Western North Carolina up in the mountains, uh, near Brevard. Mm. And, um, sure. so we were actually members at this club right around the corner from the house. And, uh, obviously we'd played it. I'd played it a, a dozen hundred times and, um, said, well, I'll, I'll start there. So I went there and talked to the superintendent at the time. And it was, I was just getting, see, I was 15. So that put me a sophomore, maybe, um, ish. Yep. Yeah. So I was just, just getting done with that year of school and I was getting, you know, the summer was coming up and, uh, my birthday's in December. So I knew I had my birthday coming up later that in that year. So I went to the golf course and talked to the superintendent. He was like, yeah, I'd love to have you for the summer, you know? Uh, and, uh, well, I know now why he would have loved to have had me. I spent all summer weed eating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally every day we had, Lane Cannon was a golf course in Brevard there and uh, had a creek that ran through it. And I bet I weeded that creek 20 times that summer. Wow. Um, you know, it just. That's it, definitely it a young man's job. Carrying that yeah. weed around will eat your yeah. back up, man. <laughs> We'd, uh, they'd drop us off on one end and pick us up when we got to the other end. And, wow. Uh, wow. you know, so I spent all summer doing that, but I loved it. And, uh, you know, I, originally growing up, I wanted to probably go into military or my dad was in the military. And, um, you know, I wanted to be a pilot. I've always loved aviation and flying. So I wanted to be a pilot, but, uh, I found out, I didn't find out until I was 10 that I was colorblind. So, uh, that kind of put the kibosh on on a flying career and especially in the military. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, by the time I was 15, you know, even at that age in high school, they're pushing you so hard to choose a major in college. You know, what are you Mm going to do for the rest of your life? You know? you're 15 years old. What are you going to do for the next, you know, 50 years of your life? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, gosh, I, you know, I have no clue. And I didn't, I had absolutely no idea. So, uh, I continued to work on the golf course during the summers and, you know, I would work at the garden center at Kmart or a pizza joint during the winter, um, keep gas in the car and, you know, beer in the cooler. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, right before I graduated high school, I, was working on the, on the, uh, golf course, obviously in the summer and just pulled over. I was mowing fairways late one evening, uh, pulled over and let some golfers through. And I just kind of sat there. I was like, I mean, why don't I just do this? I mean, I love being out here. I love the game, obviously. I mean, I, you know, I've always enjoyed the game and, you know, I like working sure. with my hands. I like being around people and, you know, so I, I really started seriously considering it at that time. And, but I didn't really want to jump into turf school. 
um, unless I really knew that that's what I wanted to do, mainly because, you know, I was going to probably be footing the bill myself or, mm-hmm. you know, my parents right. were foot it and there were definitely weren't any scholarships on the horizon. So I, uh, decided to take a year off of once I graduated high school, take a year off of school and work full time on the golf course day in, day out, make sure that that is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure I didn't get burned out. So I did that. And I tell you every day that I worked, you know, I loved it even more. So mm-hmm. I, I knew by that fall that, you know, so I ended up waiting a whole nother year and uh, came down here to Myrtle beach to go to school and um, enrolled. And actually the club that I came from, they told me that as long as I came back to do my internship with them, um, they would pay for my first year. Mm-hmm. So did that mom and dad were wow. very excited about that, you know, aspect of it. So um, they did that and um, loved it, loved it, loved it. And uh, you know, so that's kind of how I got into it. Um, you know, I definitely had some mentors along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim McKenna, you know, I, I'm sure he probably, he may hear this. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he's a, uh, he's a guy. Out of Florida I'll tell now. you what, we'll make, we'll make a note. We'll make a note and make sure we send it to him. So he does. <clears> yeah, it. please do. Cause I, I tell you what, he probably, you know, and I've seen him, we, we have a, a conference every year. It's called golf industry show that we go to. And I see him every year. Um, and you know, we, we reunite and talk every year and it's, it's been great. And, uh, that's probably one of the, so how'd you get, go ahead. How'd you get hooked up with Tim? I mean, so you've been talking about mentorships and understanding just, I guess, organically things could happen. But I mean, when you're talking about these shows and I haven't been to, and it's so, and I'm assuming that the show you're referencing is specific to superintendent. So it's not like the PGA merch show, right? It's very similar. you, You might. Uh, yeah, exactly. But just it's it's not the fancy front end of the house stuff. It's actually uh, the, hey, this is what's going to keep people coming back and allow you to play great golf courses stuff. Correct. You know, PGA right. shows. So, so you got thousands of people. Yeah, thousands of people from all over the world. Um, you know, and they, they flip flop coasts every year. Um, that way, people on the West Coast can attend that, you know, maybe at a, at a, at a course that doesn't have the, the budget to allow them to travel across the country. Um, same thing right. back on the East coast. So, um, yeah, but Tim was the first superintendent. Tim was the superintendent at Glen Cannon when I first started working there okay. and, you know, mentorships or mentors in the turf industry, they're, they're probably, there's probably a lot of similarities, you know, in, in any industry. Um, but there's, there's definitely some differences. It's easy to get lost on a, on a, uh, on a staff on a golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy. It's easy to just be somebody that comes in, punches the clock, mows their greens, mows their fairways, rakes their bunkers, and then clocks out at the end of the day and goes home. Mm-hmm. But what you really need is for somebody to kind of take you under their wing, uh, especially if you, if you have any kind of desire to do it or show any kind of spark of, of wanting to do it, uh, have somebody take you under their wing and, and, pay some, you know, a little extra attention to you and just kind of explain things to you a little bit more and why, why the grass is turning purple in the middle of the day in the summer and just little things like that. And, and Tim did that. And, um, you know, and I've been grateful for it ever since I've definitely had other mentors along the way. Um, you know, when I moved down to Myrtle beach, I worked at the dunes club, which is a, a fantastic golf course here in Myrtle beach. Yeah. And I, I, guy by the name of randy allen was the superintendent there then and and uh he hired me and you know i I knew nothing about the area 
I was I actually lived in a, a 26 foot camper at Apache Campground my two years in college. Wow, that's um, cool. You know, so I just <laughs> I just kind of you know worked at the Dunes Club all the time and couldn't wait to get out of work. And at that time, we were hosting the Energizer Senior Tour Championship, so getting to be involved with that tournament prep and you know that level of uh, of uh, tournament was really really cool for somebody who was 19 years old and just starting out in business so um yeah so i mean you know it's it's uh, that's how i kind of got into it and um you know but a day in life of the super every day is different and that's another benefit of the job you know i i knew that i would not be happy at a cubicle I knew that I wouldn't be happy at a factory or a manufacturing job. And I'm not trying to downplay. We yeah. need those people that, yeah, yeah, sure. that do that yep. stuff. Um, thank God for, you know, truck drivers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I couldn't see myself sitting behind a wheel of a truck 10, 12, 14 hours a day. Um, I've got to have. You, you wanted something a little smaller, like a golf cart, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, or, a, or a tractor or a fairway mower or, you know, a, a, you know, a utility vehicle. So, yeah. So, you know, day in life, I mean, every day is a little different. I mean, I still enjoy spraying greens. So I'll go out in the mornings and spray greens a lot. Um, I enjoy getting out and walking around the golf course and get, enjoy getting out and, and uh, you know, seeing my staff on the golf course and, and talking with them and, and making sure that they are uh, one having, having a good day and, you know, everything's okay in their life, but just making sure that they, you know, I try to be a mentor to them um yeah sure as much as i can but you know i mean it, it can be anything i mean you could be a staff meeting first thing in the morning it can be a staff meeting late in the day it could be a podcast at five o'clock <laughs> i mean you know, it's just really every day is different like today for instance you know we had uh because of the pandemic going on and um our our regional show which is the carolinas golf course superintendent association has a show in myrtle beach every november um, that has been canceled as far as the, the, uh, visiting, you know, everybody coming in for it. Right. Um, but what they did was they, um, everything's virtual now. So we've got a lot of zoom classes. Um, I did our first, my, my first one today, our, the first one for the whole show was yesterday, but I, I did my first one today and, uh, it's, it's, you know, continuing education, um, which is, you know, extremely important. We do a lot of that. Um, and we get that from a lot of different uh, avenues. Um, you know, we do there, we do have some research at Tidewater going on through Clemson university. Um, so I get access to plant pathologists that come out and, and, um, apply different products to the, the green and make sure, you know, they're working the way they want them to, or testing out new products, things like that. So, uh, that's definitely been a big learning experience. Um, but, you know, just trying to learn every day and, try to make the next day better than the last. And, you know, but it's really hard to pin down what a day in the life of a superintendent's like, cause you know, guys that are every day. Yeah. Guys that are at private clubs. You know, they, they just have a completely different daily schedule than, than somebody like me who's at a resort course or a daily fee course that, you know, we're playing 43,000 rounds a year. Um, you know, guys at public courses, I mean, I might play between seven and 12,000 rounds a year. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and their, yeah. their members want to see them in the clubhouse more often. They want to 
they want to interact with them. They want to have a conversation with them. They want to know what's going on with the toilet on, you know, the bathroom at 14 or, or whatever it might be. You know, my golfers don't care. They just want it to be right. They just want it to be fixed and working. Well, it, 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 it is a, yeah. yeah. Green, so, greens, greens need to roll good. Fairway's got to yeah. be tight. Uh, rough can't be, be too thick. So I can't get yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So it's, it's different every day, but it's, again, it's a, definitely a benefit. You know, I've, I've really enjoyed, um, you know, obviously when I was younger as an assistant superintendent, you know, I was doing a lot of the more of the hands-on stuff and now more seeing what more the executive part of it is like, you know, with budgets and everything. And, um, sure. that's definitely been a learning experience, but it's been fun. Um, you know, getting to see, having access to the general manager and seeing what his day's like and the decisions that he has to make, um, all that stuff is just really, really cool to me. And, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, me and the GM at Tidewater have a really good relationship. So, so we get along great. And, you know, he bounces stuff off of me all the time. I bounce stuff off of him. Um, our facility accountant that's been there, she, she's been there longer than I have. <laughs> um, you know, talking oh, wow. to her about different, different, you know, financial topics that we, that we can talk about, um, how to save money, how to, you know, improve, you know, value for things that we're, we're purchasing or even value for the product that we offer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah it's every so, day. Different. So that's an interesting, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting point that you bring up. So, it, and you know, if it's uh, if it's a fair question, um, I mean, would you say that it's typical uh, and we can obviously move on if it's, if you don't answer, but is it typical that the superintendent and uh, the GM and the head pro are, are kind of, you know, in lockstep in their, you know, daily routine, or is that kind of a more of, Hey, you take care of the front of the house and I'll take care of the back of the house and there's little interaction, or is it a little bit of both, but the courses that are really, really well ran and put together, then you can tell. And it's like, Hey, I know that those people are in in sync together. Yeah. It's definitely important for everybody to be in lockstep. Um, I don't know how often it happens, you know, I know at Tidewater, we have an owner. It's, it's uh, one family that owns the golf course. They've owned it since, since the beginning. And um, they don't live in the area. So they've pretty much left it up to us, uh, myself, the general manager, and, and the accountant to kind of see the day-to-day stuff and run it. And um, sure. you know, so we, it's, it's vital that we are in lockstep with each other. We don't always agree. Um, we don't always, you know, golf course superintendents rarely agree with, you know, 43,000 rounds being played. Um, you know, there's always something that we want to do that the golf is interrupting us. But, you know, at the end of the day, we have to remember that, you know, why, why we're there. And, um, you know, obviously we want to provide the best product that we absolutely can. So, you know, if there were any personal differences, I think that, um, you know, I think, they kind of go out the window because we know that we have a job to do and we know that, you know, our personal differences aren't going to get the job done. So, um, so you got to run a business, right? I mean, that, that, that the end of sure, the you got to run a business and, you know, we have less than 50 employees. So everybody knows each other very well. Um, everybody yeah. gets along, you know, everybody's bought into, you know, we, we've got a, a member for a day kind of um, attitude that we've tried to instill in everybody. 
Um, we want, even though that guest is only going to see us maybe one time that whole year, we want them to feel like a member. We want them to feel welcome. We want them to feel like they're getting the value for what they paid. Um, you know, and that takes definitely teamwork. Um, I can't do it by myself and I know the GM can't do it by himself, and, you know, our accountant can't do it by herself. So definitely takes everybody, um, everybody, you know, top to bottom on the staff and, and, um, you know, I, I definitely couldn't do what I do without my staff. I mean, those guys impress me every day and, you know, they show up and they, they know what they're supposed to do and they do it. And uh, I'm very grateful that, uh, that they're doing that, but yeah, the GM and I, you know, we've, um, he's, he's come up through the ranks just like everybody, you know, everybody has. And so he understands plus his, you know, he had a little bit of a turf background. His father um, was a uh, instructor I say instructor, he might've been a professor, but he was at, uh, uh, a back down in Tifton, Georgia, and he was the, the yeah. golf team coach and they had a practice facility at the school there. So he, he took care of that. His dad did. And then, you know, Chris, our GM would mow the green and help his dad take care of the green and the, and the chipping area and everything. So Chris, sure. Chris is very, has a lot more knowledge about turf and about grass and, and, um, you know, than, than most that I've encountered, uh, most GMs that I've, you know, had the pleasure of working with, I think they get so wrapped up in making sure that the front of the house part, like you say, is, is taken care of, you know, mm -hmm. that's, and that's the focus of their job. And, and that's great, you know, mm -hmm. um, but Chris and I talk turf a lot, you know, we talk merchandise a lot too. I mean, he'll talk to me about shirts and shoes and socks and, mm -hmm. you know, if I, uh, if I care to pay attention long enough, he'll get the belts and hats and, you know, <laughs> range balls and everything else. But, uh, no, you know, we, we bounce, we talk all the time and we bounce stuff off each other. And, you know, we definitely, uh, it's definitely gotta be a, a relationship that you can put aside any personal differences. Um, you know, luckily for me, you know, Chris and Michelle, our accountant are great people. They're great people to work with and, um, you know, everybody that, uh, that we work there with, I really enjoy being around. So yeah, it, it definitely helps. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so being in Myrtle beach and you play, well, so let me, let me, a uh, couple of questions again, I'll hit you just with one. I'll, I'll go one at a time this time. But, um, so do you, do you get a chance to play a lot of golf? I do not. Unfortunately, <laughs> I do not. I uh, love the game, but, uh, you know, I've got, uh, and just like growing up, you know, I've just got a lot of other activities that I'd rather spend my time with. And, you know, I know that's yeah. a, a big problem facing golf right now. Um, you know, is the time factor. It takes, you know, anywhere from four to five hours to play around golf. And actually we got around tidewater pretty fast, man. We were, uh, uh, I don't, no, I think the first, uh, first nine, front nine we played in definitely under two, like an hour and 45. And I think the back was on like two ten or something. So we got around like, that's really good for tidewater. We got around quick, man. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're a five hour golf course. Um, you know, we have a lot of travel time between holes, mm -hmm. so it's, it, it just takes a little bit longer to play us. Course is a little bit more difficult. Um, you know, if you go way right, way left, you know, it's, it's lost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, but a good thing about you guys having all that, you know, it, which, so, you, you know, you got some in between time between, uh, between holes, but because you've got all that property, I mean, you've got a setup that a lot of courses in the grand strand don't have, which is a practice range. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's something yeah. else you got to keep up, but I mean, there's a lot of other good golf courses in Myrtle beach that you're going to show up to. And it's like, shit, wait a minute. I, I want to hit some balls and warm up. And I mean, you know, we had five rounds in three days, so we really didn't need much warm up after the first round, <laughs> but I mean, still, you know, you show up and if you really haven't done your homework or you're new to Myrtle beach and you show up at some of these courses and it's like, well, where's the range? And it's like, yeah, we don't, we don't have a range. And, and yeah. that's pretty, I would say that's more typical in the Myrtle beach area that you don't have a range than you do uh, at, at courses that you would have access to when you. Yeah. I, you know, I don't really know, to be honest with you. I haven't, I mean, I've played a good many courses in Myrtle beach area. I haven't played them all for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You're not old enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't, you know, Caledonia is the only one that comes to mind, but the range, you know, true blue that they offer you is just right around the corner. It's not, yeah, that it's out back. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, so it's, I can't really think of one that I've played that hasn't had a range. Okay. Sure there are some. Maybe I just picked, uh, well, this week we had, or last week we had several that did, but I think in the summertime, I think, uh, I think a few didn't I'm trying to think of where else we played, but. Um, anyway, irrelevant. Um, <laughs> but um, it's uh, so if if so, I'm thinking about Myrtle Beach, right? And, you've, and the climate, and I wouldn't say that you're on the same uh, latitude as Atlanta, but relatively close. I mean, you're pretty, give or take. So so from a climate standpoint, I mean, it's kind of the same. It's like it doesn't really get you got a day or two where it gets kind of cold. I think that I see on a, somebody's post that you guys had frost this morning or yesterday morning. There was frost inland. Yeah. Inland. OK. Um, the, yeah. The climate definitely, you know, obviously being a superintendent weather is very, very huge in our business. Um, you know, we pay attention to it constantly. Um, but, yeah, the, the climate here, it's it's beneficial in the fall but kind of hurts us in the spring because you know the the water temperature really kind of regulates what the air temperature on the coast right along the coast where tidewater would be located Hmm. um you know it really regulates what that air temperature is going to be so like this time of year cold nights like we had last night you know it was here at the house i live um towards conway and i mean it was 34 yeah. You know, but it was 42 at the golf course. Right. So, I mean, that's a, you know, what is that? Eight, eight degree difference. Yeah. Um, you know, now once we get into the winter time, ocean temperature cools down, that regulating effect or that buffering kind of goes away. Mm. Um, and then once we get into the spring, we actually stay a little cooler wherever inland will warm up, mm-hmm. um, especially mm-hmm. in the mornings. You know, you'll get, you know, inland, it might be 81, 85 and on the coast, it's still 74, 77, you know, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. When well, so. you got a constant breeze going, right? I mean, the wind is yeah, it's constant. <laughs> it's constant. You know, our, everybody always, it's funny when you hear people from out of town come in, they're like, man, the, the wind was howling out there today. And we're like, man, that's light and variable. <laughs> not really. Not really. That's <laughs> every day. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's a little bit of an adjustment, you know, and, and with our trees and, you know, the, the, the landscaping around the golf course, you know, it's, it's, we're constantly cleaning up pine cones and pine oh, yeah. straw and leaves. And so that's a nonstop job, but, um, which is kind of like, man, I'd like to get rid of those damn things, but it's like, well, wait a minute. If we get rid of that, we just lost the whole, we, we, we lost half of the hole with everything that's surrounded by and everything that's going on. Right. So, yeah. And, and we've really lost our natural beauty, you know, yeah. to water, 
the the community uh the golf course is is very uh very invested in uh the trees and the natural beauty and you know our owner is uh very very invested in it and cool. wants to see the the trees you know and i we've done it we did a renovation back in 2014 and the hardest thing i've ever had to do was go to him and ask him to cut down trees mm. um he allowed us but uh it was it was very difficult and uh i think he actually told me one time that he looked at the trees like his grandchildren Oh wow! Oh, yeah. uh, how do you go to a guy and say, you know, I need to cut down about seven hundred of them? You know? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what, is that how many you tough. cut? Is that how many you took down? Um, it was around that number. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's been a few years. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah sure. Number. Um, now over the years, you know, we trees die all the time. And, oh, probably thousands, I guess. Yeah, right? we've we've cut down quite quite a few that have that have died and mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or got hurt in a storm and split. Yeah. You know, don't really look much like a tree anymore. So we've had Let's to take see. No, number four. Uh, so right at the dog leg right there, which, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess if I hooked it bad enough, that tree could be a blessing, but uh, boy, if that tree wasn't there and especially on 18, if those trees were gone, I mean, that would really open that thing up to. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Oh yeah. I, those, those people in those condos would be very, very unhappy to see those trees gone. No, I, <laughs> I think those trees the would probably building. protected more insurance claims than, uh, than anything. That's funny. <laughs> so, so the architect was uh, Ken Tomlinson. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. And, but that's not the owner. That or is not is. the owner. No. Okay. So, and I was trying to look around, we, uh, believe it or not. I mean, we don't just go off the cuff on this thing all the time. Uh, even though you know, we, we like a few kind of bullet <laughs> points and then we like to go off the cuff. Right. So at yeah. least we got a general direction. So I was looking around, I couldn't really find anything else that Ken Tomlinson did. You know, it's been, it's, he's a little mysterious. Um, I think he had a hand in Musgrove mill, but I'm not sure how much of a hand. Okay. Um, but outside of that, I don't think he's done anything else design wise. He was a, a, if I'm not remembering the story correctly, he was a tax attorney in Columbia. Um, his family owned some of the land that Tidewater actually sits on. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so he needed a partner to uh, build a golf course. Um, he loved the game and loved, loved playing the game, but uh, he needed a partner and they obviously needed to buy some more property. And um, so once they got the property secured, Ken, you know, I, I, if I'm not if I'm remembering this right, he they talked to quite a few architects. Um, I don't think Ken was happy with any of them. So he just said, you know what? I'm just going to do it, my I'll do it myself. Uh, so gotcha. <laughs> he, uh, that's what he did. And, um, you know, he, yeah, his name's forever, forever attached yeah. to it. And, you know, it's for somebody who's their first time out the gate, man, I tell you what, he, he did a bang up job. I'd yeah. Say. Yeah, for sure. That, that's why I'm, I mean, that's why I was kind of looking and I'm surprised because I mean, just that what you now one, I mean, you had a really nice piece of property to work sure. with, but I mean, I would say also that, I mean, if you think about some of the, I mean, cause Myrtle beach is flat, right? I mean, it's your, yeah. your sea level and it's flat and you got quite a bit of elevation change out throughout that thing. So I'm, you know, there definitely was some building and pushing around the dirt. I mean, it's a golf course, so it, it happens. Yeah. Uh, I don't, re- I don't, you know, there's some, there's some natural bluffs that were created, you know, just over time. Um, I think as you get further South, more into the low country part of South Carolina, I think, you lose those natural sand bluffs yeah. um, that, you know, that we have, but uh, 
you know, especially where we're located in the in the Onslow Bay, you know, every, I think anytime we've had any kind of storm surge, and I'm I'm going back years and years and years, you know, all right. that storm surge pushes up into that area and sure. just kind of changes the landscape over time. So, you know, but I don't really think there was a lot of dirt moved to build tidewater. Obviously, we had to create some some ponds and some lakes and stuff. Um, but you know, that, that bluff on four to the left of four, that's a, that's been there. You know, I've talked to people that have owned that, you know, walked out there when they were kids and they said, no, man, that thing's always been there. That's been there. Yeah. And that, and that bluff is straight sand. Hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of, kind of weird. You would think that closer to the water, the elevation of the golf course would be lower, but it's completely opposite of tidewater. Yeah, the elevations closer to the water, to the waterway, and the marsh are both higher than the very middle of the golf course. We actually have a a vein that runs through the middle of the golf course, um, six, one, ten, and fifteen. Those that's the lowest point of the whole property. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and those holes aren't on either the marsh or the waterway. So, yeah, it's it's really interesting how he was able to create that and and um, and, and just make that out of you know not having any prior experience. I mean. I, if it was my property, I would want somebody who's, you know, at least got a dozen or so under their belt before I just hand them something like, you know, a blank canvas like that and say, okay, have at it. But mm-hmm. yeah, he did it. And, uh, you know, he really, really created something special there in, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, we're very, very lucky that, very uh, cool. it's, it, they, they don't build golf courses on pieces of property like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, not to take up. I mean, yeah, just think about it. I mean, those, those are the things you drive by and you look over and it's like, man, it looks like that used to be a golf course and it's grown over and they're putting in, you know, sewage pipes, uh, water pipes, et cetera. And they're like, hey, we're building houses now, you know, that's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But, I mean, especially where it's at and what it's on and the access that you have to there. I mean, it's uh, yeah, a- absolutely special to get there. And it's like getting into that thing, you know, when you, when you, uh, and I'm not that familiar with the area, but when you come kind of, I'm going to call it the bypass and you, you make a depending north or south, but you make a turn and another turn, and then you're on a little two lane road. And you're like, I don't know if I'm going to the right area. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, <laughs> you've arrived, right? So, yeah. And and then, and then really, and you, you still don't know what you're getting into. Uh, I wouldn't say number one gets you there. It's uh, number one is just a beast of a hole for me uh i haven't played it well both times i've played it I, I'm, I'm destined to do it again i, I want to own it um but it's uh it, it's a long hole for me it's long i think you start out on a par five there not yeah. overly challenging but you got to hit a good shot and it's kind of i'd say it kind of fades better it's a little bit of a draw but it's pretty much you can kind of just go straight away all the way through but yeah that's uh but number one is like as soon as you go down that road and you got the little waste area on the right right there if you hit a bad tee shot and you get in that waste area and then if you were to fly the green and get in kind of the bunkers on the back side i'm not replaying my first hole last week but could have gone something like that it's like holy shit what i get myself into but uh but then you know as it kind of the course opens up and you get into it man it is it it, it's uh it's really a fun investment of uh you know of of a morning or an afternoon to to experience it and and just again the conditions and such that that happen i mean they're they're pretty amazing thank you we certainly uh certainly appreciate y'all coming out you know it's a we double t um, most golf courses in Myrtle beach do because of our package business. Yep. Um, it's a, a way to maximize, you know, getting people out on the golf course and obviously maximize revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in most courses that you play, I think, you know, designers, especially designers that um, have a lot of golf courses under their belt, you know, they, they really look at it from the first hole, one through 18, you know, and they, they take you through that progression. And you can kind of see that Ken tried to do that, one being a very, very easy opening par five hole. Um, you know, there's acres and acres of fairway out there and the yep. green's a decent size. And, you know, there's really not a whole lot of trouble on that hole. Um, so as you go through the progression of the golf course, um, you know, the holes get more challenging, they get harder, they test you a whole lot more. But, you know, I think us, it's a, it's a benefit for our golf course because it doesn't really matter if you start on one or 10, even though 10 is a pretty tough little par four. Um, you know, you got a tee shot over a pond and then the green sits on the other side of a pond. Um, if you play the front, if you start on the front of the back, you know, you're still getting a good challenge and a good mix of holes on both sides. Yeah. So I, I think that kind of negates the designer's intent um, at Tidewater. Um, you know, I, we, we do hear, we do hear some grumblings every once in a while. Oh gosh, I had to start on 10, you know? Um, and my thought, my first thought is, well, you got the hardest nine out of the way first. I mean, you know, <laughs> exactly. That back nine's a beast. Mm. <laughs> it is for well, me. But see, <laughs> but I think, but I, I enjoyed, um, I actually like eight and nine. Uh, so what did, I mean, you could call it a dog leg left, but it's really just kind of straight away. I mean, it looks like it mm -hmm. might lean that way, but actually the, the green is back over left, you know, towards the, uh, towards the intercoastal over there. So really you can just go hammer down. And then I think you got a fair par three on number nine. That's um, you just, uh, you know, just don't miss left and you're, yeah. you're in good shape. So I, I didn't, I didn't mind starting on. Um, uh, yeah. I didn't mind finishing up with that at all. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was fair. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's a beautiful golf course. I really enjoy working there. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot of superintendents will, tweet out a picture and say, you know, my office or that kind of stuff. And I feel bad doing that because I'm not so much better than everybody else. <laughs> my sunrises are, uh, you know, very enjoyable, especially this time of year, man, October, and November sunrises out there are just oh, yeah. incredible. I mean, mm -hmm. especially when you get a storm moving in or moving out. I mean, it's, it's really, really spectacular to be out there first at first light and, you know, see that kind of stuff. And, so is that your favorite time of year to be on the, what, what's your favorite time? Is it fall kind of October, November? No, or man, I tell you what, I hate cold weather. I just despise it. And that's probably just me getting older. I don't know, but I, I love, I love to sweat. I love the heat. I love the humidity. You know, I'd probably, I'd live on the equator if I could. Um, <laughs> I just really enjoy even working in it. You know, I mean, I've always enjoyed being outside and sweating and, and, you know, getting hot and, I don't, I've never minded that at all. And, you know, I, the grass, you know, we have warm season grass on the golf course. So, you know, it obviously responds better to heat. So you got, uh, so you got Tiff Eagle greens and uh, what is, what's the fairways? And we stuff? actually have mini Verde greens. We had Tiff greens years ago. Okay. Um, yeah. But we, we switched over to mini Verde in 2014. Um, the How do you make that decision? Um, well, you know, the Tiff Eagle, the Tiff Eagle did a really good job for us. Um, I, and I think the easiest way to put it was that it served its purpose. Um, 
there was some there were some things with it that I that I personally didn't really care for. Um, I think, and I now don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with tiff eagle grass. It, there are guys out there that have got that stuff absolutely perfect. Um, you know, it doesn't handle shade very well. It doesn't handle bad water really well. And with our location being wet, you got both of those in the intercoastal in the waterway or the intercoastal in the, the salt marshes, you know, we've got really poor irrigation and water. Um, it's, yeah. it's terrible. And, uh, you know, the Tiff Eagle just never really did well with that water, um, in my, in my opinion. So when we made the decision in 2014 to, uh, you know, to change that, uh, we, we really kind of looked around the Southeast and, and just kind of looked at, you know, the guys that were doing the most with the least and, um, most of our research kept ending up, you know, at East Lake, um, and what they were doing out there with their mini Verde. And, uh, you hmm. know, they were, it's amazing. I mean, they just had great greens and I know the GM at, at the time, um, always referenced East Lake and their mini Verde. And, um, so, you know, I didn't like really East know. Lake in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. we didn't, yeah. we didn't really, uh, I didn't really know anything about Mini Verde, um, or really East Lake, to be honest with you. <laughs> and, um, so I started kind of, kind of looking into it. And, um, actually the, the mentor that I had at the Dunes Club, Randy Allen was working for, uh, Modern Turf. And, um, you know, I was able to talk to him a lot about the grass and he felt very confident in it and it was going in around the beach a lot. So, and guys were having a lot of good success with it. And it, it grows a little differently than the Tiff Eagle and champion. Um, Tiff Eagle and champion pretty much grow everything that you see on the green is that's, 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 that's it. I mean, that is the grass, you know, other than a few roots, you know, poking right. around there. Uh, Mini Verde yep. tends to have some more plant material below the surface. Um, you know, and with our, gotcha. our location and the exposure that some of our green sites have, you know, they were very susceptible to winter injury, um, which is a, a huge issue with, with, uh, ultra dwarfic grasses, much like summer injury is with bent grass, you know, superintendents are having to water and, and keep their greens cool, bent grass greens cool all summer. Yep. But we have to kind of, our, our bad season now is the winter. Mm. Um, you know, you can lose a lot of grass in the winter and, and we actually did that year in 2014. So, um, yeah, we just, we just kind of settled on it and, you know, champion was another, another option that we were looking at, but we just felt that with the growth habit of mini Verde, we could get what we were looking for out of it. And, um, you know, so far that's, that's, uh, that's been the case. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So there's a, there's a lot that goes into grasses, um, you know, genetics and breeding over the last, gosh 15 yeah. 20 years have really kind of changed the landscape of for golf course superintendents definitely um you know but for even homeowners you know putting grass in their lawns yeah sure you know, they're they're breeding and selecting for desirable traits whether it's shade tolerance mm -hmm. um you know water quality or traffic or you know so there's not one magic grass 
you know, that's uh, the magic. Well, hold, some, of, some of our listeners right now are going, oh, yes, there are. Yes, there is. Oh, yes, there is. Well, yeah, you, you could be right. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't mean to go off at a, I didn't mean to go off. There's not one magic perfect. <laughs> I mean, you're throwing me softballs. I mean, I, I got to knock them out of the park. I can't help it. Oh. Uh, no, no, but, but understood. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's really kind of the reason that, uh, you know, we, we wanted to chat with, uh, with yourself and, and other supers is to really, because, you know, it's like so many people are like, oh, hey, I want to, you know, let me, let me in the front of the clubhouse. And I mean, how many people have you ever really heard bitch about, man, that clubhouse really sucked? Like nobody really nah. like that. You, that's not, you didn't go there for the clubhouse, you know I mean? You went there to go and play. I mean, so let's say, let's say you may get a drink before breakfast or, you know, you may sit around the, the 19th hole and have a drink, maybe some lunch afterwards. And, you know, I don't, it's, it's an afterthought, right? But you spent the four hours, give or take, or me plus on the actual course. And, and, and that's where I think the myth, I should say the miss, it's probably the wrong word to use, but you know, it's always fun and flashy and fancy to get the, you know, let, get the guy that's, uh, that's at the front and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we, you know, it, that that's obviously a guy to talk to at the front of the house, but you know, when you leave there and whether you had a good round of golf or not, you could still hear you, you had a, just the shittiest round of golf of your life. And you still said, God, those greens were in such good shape. What'd you think about? Oh my God, the greens were amazing. Or it's, you know, maybe a guy that was with us uh, last week. He was like, he's like, you know what? I didn't want to be in the sand as much as I was, but he said, damn, that sand was nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, it, but, it, but it's things like, but, it, but it, it's, it's those, you know, it's, I don't want to say the little things, but it's the things that you really don't think about because nobody is ever paying attention to the guy that's cutting the grass. Sure. And you know, it, it's, it, well, until it's like, man, this rough is horrible. And it's like, yeah, that's probably intentional. So. <laughs> yeah. And that's a huge, you know, stigma that we've, spent a long time, a lot of money, a lot of just effort trying to overcome is, you know, being more than just the, the, the grass cutter or the groundskeeper yeah. or the, you know, um, the job this, you know, today is so technical. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's just not the same job it was 10 years ago and it's not the same job it was five years ago, to be honest with you, you know, um, the grass growing part is, you know, it's a little easier, uh, you know, I won't lie, but, uh, you know, there's so many other executive parts of the job that, you know, from budgeting yeah. and meetings and, you know, insurance and liability, you know, just staffing and all that stuff. So many challenges that, um, you know, it really, it really takes, um, takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of, but you know, the grass. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all about the grass. I mean, that's where the golfer spends the most time is on the grass. And they try you know, to coin, coin, coin that phrase. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, kind of, that's coming up, that's coming on a shirt and it says it's all about the grass. It, 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 I'm going to forward this to Jim Hunt's tunes. I think he runs the association there in, uh, in South Carolina. <laughs> Uh, that, that may be the next sponsored shirt for you guys at your event is uh, it's all about the grass. It may already exist. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, 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 it really is all about the grass and, you know, so everything that we do just supports the grass, yeah. you know, supports our ability to maintain the facility um, at the level that uh, you guys expect when you get there, you know, mm -hmm. um, it, it's amazing how many, how many people, well, the USGA does, 
you know, I think, I don't know if it's every year, but I, every couple of years they do a study and, you know, they always ask, you know, what's the most important thing that you look for at a golf course, you know, and condition is always, if it's not always number one, it's at least always number two. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. you know, it, that, that'll never change. I, you know, I know well, that- we were talking with Chad Parker at Eastlake, uh, before, I don't know, two or three weeks before they had tour championship, we had him on and, you know, we were kind of going and, and Chad's the GM, right. Of East Lake. So, uh, and we were kind of talking about like, Hey, what's how, ha- you know, what, what's it, what's it like setting up for the tour championship? You've got it for, I don't know, they've had it for eight or 10 years and they've got it for a few more, uh, several more, I guess. But, um, it's like, what's that look like for you? And he's like, well, uh, so like three or four months out us, uh, like the, I guess it's, it, I don't know if it's USGA or PGA. Sorry about that. But yep. anyway, but they're coming in and they're testing and they're testing like, you know, and they don't tell me, they don't tell us when they're coming in to test. They just show up and they're testing. It's like, are the greens fast enough? Is that, you know, is the rough thick enough? Is every, you know, and it's like all these measures that you got to meet. Sure. And it's like, it, it's not just like, Oh, Hey, by the way, uh, be ready. Um, on uh, November the 3rd, you've got to vote. No, it's like all of a sudden, you know, it's like, uh, hey, uh, we're here to test your grass. I need a golf cart. You know? And then they, it's like, okay, well, go test it. So, I mean, you got to be, it's like a showtime every day, all the time. Sure. Yeah, that that world is a, just a completely different world than what we live in um, or what I, what I live in, you know, it would be fun to live in that world. Um, you know, I don't think Tidewater's um, set up to to host any huge televised tournament like that. Um, conditions wise, conditions wise, you're absolutely you can get there. Well, I understand I what you're that. saying about yeah, just the setup, but you know, in the conditions, yeah, but but yeah, the the travel time between holes and you know, plus we'd have to get all of our homeowners behind behind it and it'd be, it'd be a nightmare, but yeah, that, that, that world is, um, you know, they're looking at that grass 365 days a year yeah. and they, you know, they plan, they plan from that date backwards. You know, um, when I, when I do my budget or my agronomy plan, you know, I'm kind of looking at it as, okay, what, what do I want to kind of do in January? What do I want to kind of do in February? You know, well, we've got package play coming in in the spring. So, you know, I kind of want, want it to be set up like this um no no they go that one week and then they go backwards okay the week before this is what we're gonna be doing the week before that this is what we're doing um so it's just a completely different way of looking at it and um you know and those guys have brought a lot of good ideas to regular guys like me that you know i can utilize in my daily um program that have helped you guys the golfers out Mm -hmm. you know um because you guys watch these tournaments on tv and you're like man look how fast those greens are. Mm-hmm. And then we go play, you know, it's, it's, I've heard people call it the master syndrome, you know, they see what's going on on TV and then they go to their local course and they want that course to, you know, at least try to get there, at least try to mimic what they saw on TV. And I mean, you got to understand that's a, just a completely different animal altogether. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really tough to, I mean, I, they peak that week, you know, mm-hmm. now I'm not saying anything bad about, about, uh, Ralph and his staff, but you know, they really, everything that they do or is, is, um, an adjustment for that week. Yeah. 
you know, because um, it's really, really, it's impossible. I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever said it's impossible, but it's impossible to have those kind of conditions 365 days a sure. year. It's just not going to happen. Right. Yeah, well, you, you brought up a question that Dan wants to ask now. I do. What do I want to ask? Oh, yeah. What do you want to ask about next week? Uh, I mean, he, he, he brought up, you got peak conditions in April. I mean, I know, I know what question you want to ask. Well, how's it going to play next week? Yeah. Tidewater? Yeah. Uh, no, no. At the, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's stick on Tidewater. Yeah, no, no. You're wanting to get me on record hey. saying something about Augusta National. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I mean, well, you wore the, uh, hold, hold on, Sean. You wore the hat. That's all I'm saying. Now, you have the yeah, hat. I do have the hat. I mean, so I, I thought that was I thought that was like a uh, subliminal message that we need to ask the question. No, not subliminal. No, I I can promise you that. Uh, I mean, it's Augusta, man. Come on, it's it's the Masters. It's it's going to be first class. It's going to be top notch. I mean, you know. But again, two months ago, what you're going to see on TV next week, it you know, it didn't look like that two months ago. Yep. You know, they they're going to peak that week yeah. in November for that tournament, and they'll peak again in April. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's what they do best. And um, I have no doubts that it will be nothing but absolutely the best. They've got the, you know, the best people, the best support, the best budget, the best. They've got the best of everything. And, you know, they've they've guaranteed that they have the best. Yep. Um, but, you know, they've got a lot riding on it, too. Yep. You know, yep. you can't you can't go halfway at Augusta or, or it's, you know, it's not going to be. You know, it's just like you going, it's like you going to Tidewater. You know, if you plunk down a couple hundred bucks, you have an expectation. You know, if you go play your local municipal golf course, not knocking that municipal golf course at all, but Mm-mm. the expectation is different because you know that course is going to charge you $20 or $30. Or but there's still an expectation. There's still an expectation for that 20 or $30. But, you know, any, if you go to a steakhouse, Mm-hmm. You order a steak. If that steak doesn't come out how you want it, the value that you perceive that steak to be isn't there. So you're not happy. So they understand what the value is of, of having, um, you know, a first class experience. And, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that they'll meet it. Mm-hmm. They always do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. You got any, uh, you got any picks? Who's, uh, who, who are you thinking? Oh man, <laughs> I really haven't watched a whole lot of golf this year. I mean, obviously Dustin's had a great year, um, oh, local Myrtle beach boy, mm-hmm. you know, um, I really like to see East Carol- you're an East Carolina guy, right? East. Ca- no, I'm not an East Carolina guy. I'm a Florida Gator guy. So you, uh, no, no, no. But did you go to Eastern or did no. you go to, um, no, I went here in town. Where'd you go to, to college? Yeah. I went here in town to uh, Ori Georgetown Technical College. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fighting mole right. crickets. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're a Florida Gator uh, growing yeah. up in Brevard. Well, in Brevard. All right, let me, I mean, let me explain how this comes about. Okay. So my father was in the military and uh, I was actually born in England, um, just outside of London. And, um, we were stationed in Pensacola, Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I played Pop Warner ball, the field that we played on was right next to Escambia High School. Well, when I was playing Pop Warner, Emmett Smith was playing for the Escambia Gators 
at Escambia High School. Are you kidding me? No. So we used to go watch him on Friday nights play football. Mm-hmm. And so when he, you know, and I didn't really have an affiliation to any team. I mean, my, my family is all from Massachusetts. So they're all New England fans and Boston Red Sox fans. And, and there wasn't no way I was rooting for them dudes. So uh, <laughs> I needed, uh, you know, I needed a, I needed a gig. So when Emmett went to Florida, I said, all right, I'm, I'm a Florida fan. You know, <laughs> I, uh, I started liking the Gators then. And then, and then he moved on to Dallas and I'm, I'm a big Dallas fan. Oh, there you go. So, Ooh, boy, it hurts kinda, this year, doesn't it? That's kind of how that, that progression came about for somebody who was born right. in England. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, born in, born in England, living in Pensacola. You don't have a lot of choices. You, I, I mean, yeah. I, I guess you would have been, if you'd been old enough, you'd have probably gravitated maybe towards the Saints-ish. But, uh, yeah, I can understand why you don't do that. I'm an Atlanta fan, so. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been a rough year for me, too. So Yes, know, it has. I, yes, I, it has. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's going to get rougher. Trust me. And I can say that as a Dallas fan. Yeah. <laughs> You're not, yeah, it's not going to get good for you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, let's see. Well, we don't want to keep you all night. I know, uh, we've, uh, we've kept you over our allotted time period that we had agreed to, um, Sean, it's been a pleasure chatting. What, uh, what did we leave out? We don't have to wrap it up immediately, but, uh, did we miss anything that you wanted to share? Try to be invasive, but not like too touchy feely. <laughs> Personally or professionally? Or exactly. Just anything. exactly. No. Uh, a dealer's choice, man. You let it out. No, I just, you know, we've, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to take the opportunity to try to advance my profession and just say that, you know, um, no matter what golf course you, you play at, you know, just remember there's always a, a guy or a group of people behind the scenes that really, really care about the job that they do. And, um, you know, not everybody has the same resources. Not everybody has the same um, abilities but that uh, everybody definitely has the same desires to produce the best product. Um, I can say that with hundred percent certainty, you know, all the superintendents that I know, you know, nobody, not a one of them feels any, uh, any less motivated or any less, um, uh, can't think of the word, but you know, they all want to do the best and, and provide the best, um, for the golfers. Um, nobody's now, trying to provide a crappy product. They're trying to provide the best yeah. product that they can with the tools they have to work with. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we're, we're big environmentalists. We're big, uh, you know, we, we really care about the properties that we maintain and, uh, you know, it's, um, it's a wonderful profession and I'm glad that I was able to get into it. And, and, um, I've been very lucky to, uh, to be at the courses that I've been at, you know, like I said, I was at the Dunes Club and I went to the reserve down in Litchfield um, when they when they were building that, and, um, and then came up to Tidewater. And very lucky, very rewarding industry. Um, you know, a lot of good friends, a lot of a lot of longtime friends, guys that I went to college with that, you know, um, I still talk to, not weekly or anything, but you know, anytime that we do catch up, it's like you know, just like. It was the last time we talked, and uh, like, it's, just like this, you never missed a beat, man. It's nope. like, hey, where you, where you, where you been, and what have you been doing? And better yep. yet, what are we going to do next? And, uh, you know, we're we're very we're very good at calling each other with problems and and helping each other out. And I think it's uh, you know that's that's one thing that uh, has always impressed me about this industry is you know nobody's ever 
nobody ever has an ego too big or, a, a you know, an attitude too large to help another guy out. And, um, you know, you don't really find that a lot in a lot of other industries, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of other industries, very, very cutthroat and very, very competitive and not, not that we're not competitive, but we understand each other's plight when we have a plight. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we usually rally around and come together to, uh, to help each other out. And it's, it's definitely a huge perk of, of doing what I do and, you know, seeing, uh, just coming into work every day and working with my staff and, and, uh, you know, seeing the job that they do and, and, uh, helping them to perform at their best ability is uh, very rewarding for me. So, yeah. That's awesome. So I, hope so you, I, I got to slip, a, I got to slip a couple of questions in. Sure. Uh, I know we're wrapping up there, but it, uh, you, it, so uh, what's the dog's name? Which one did you see? <laughs> I, uh, I saw, it, it looked like it may have been a yellow lab. Yeah, this is, uh, and this is your show. So you can bring her in. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know if you can see her too well. Uh, you got, you got, oh, I got her now. Oh. Yeah. You got her? Yeah, oh, yeah. And I got it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got a yellow lab and I got, is that a, like a black? I don't know what that black thing is. It's like a cross between We're a cat really and a sure dog. Either, it's, like a cog. it's like a cog. <laughs> he was sold to it. He's supposed to be a schnoodle, a half schnauzer, half poodle. Um, okay. He's, uh, he definitely thinks he runs the show. You know, he's uh, 12 pounds and thinks he's 80. And then the lab is yeah. 80, thinks she's, thinks she's a, you know, a, a four pound lap dog. Um, like a ballerina. Yeah. Yeah. So do you ever take the, uh, so I've seen you twice on the golf course. You ever take the dog to the course? I don't, um, they that's don't like do a, like a, that's like a cliche kind of, you know, it's like a cool thing. Who's a oh, hey, dog to the guys that have, that have, uh, you know, course dogs. And I would, I would love to have one. Um, they don't enjoy being separated. Okay. Um, okay. He, the, the it's like Dan one. and I, we have separation anxiety too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The black one is a runner. And uh, so if I don't keep him on a leash, he's gone. Gotcha. And uh, the lab will go anywhere he goes. So mm-hmm. yeah, kind of gotta keep an eye on them. But yeah, she's a she's a good dog, and we've uh, we've enjoyed having her. She's actually a a mix. She looks like a yellow lab, but she's actually got a lot of a half half golden retriever in her. I thought so, that's what I thought too. Yeah. Okay, that's what I saw. Yeah, uh, yeah. she's uh, but she's a sweetheart. She's that's awesome. She's my dog. I was looking through a couple of glasses of piggyback rye. So, you know, it's, it's, it's rye, it's rye month. So, you know, I had to get a rye on the show, you know, so you gotta, you gotta mix it in. There you go. So, so um, Sean, so you, um, when I was first uh, hearing your story, you said you came from Bavard and I thought you were a mountain boy, but then you said you were born in the UK and then your family's from kind of like up the Northeast or whatnot, but then you grew up in Pensacola. So I thought that when originally maybe you were a mountain guy, but you just kind of drawn to the beach and that's where you wanted to go. But it seems like maybe you were more of a beachy guy all along. What, um, can you talk, is, how is the wildlife around your course? Do you guys get a lot of gators and stuff and you have walkie talkie saying they got one out here or whatnot? How does that work out? You know, we've, uh, we've had a few gators. We don't get a lot. Um, tidewater is on a peninsula, okay. you know, the, the waterway and the, uh, the cherry, the marshes kind of have us landlocked on, on those two sides. Um, so I guess that's why we don't get a lot of gators. I really don't know. We've got deer and bear and oh, wow. um, bald eagles and osprey and, you know, falcons and stuff like that. Um, you know, the gators, the homeowners freak out when the gators are in the ponds. And, you know, I actually almost got arrested a couple of years ago because of that. But, um, yeah, don't get a lot of gators. You know, Oyster Bay, north of us, I know they get, you know, that's kind of one of their things they're known for is the amount of gators that they have out there. And, 
and I think uh, Cal, you had posted a picture. Uh, Twitter. Or uh, we were at uh, we were at Heritage, I think. Yeah, we were at Heritage. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I messaged. Uh, we we're actually playing, and I messaged uh, Jim, and I'm like, uh, "What do you call this one?" He said, "Oh yeah, we call that one Bigums." <laughs> like, okay, and I, and I so and I think we were on like a level. We made the turn, and uh, I think we everybody was starting on ten that day, so we were on two or three, and. He wheels uh he wheels over and he's like, Hey, heading out, good to see you, whatever. And uh, and I'm like, No shit, man. Is was that like was that alligator or is that like just a prop? And he's like, Oh no, it's real. Cause I mean it's one of those things. Like if you haven't seen an alligator that big close up, because it number one, it had either eaten a small deer, uh a, a, a me or it was pregnant because i'm mean, just the bulge in this thing and it's like going like that's not even it doesn't even seem i mean for you guys that live in south carolina it's like okay i get it it's like hey that's fine just don't get too close hey, it, ain't, it ain't moving but, but i'm like going like the, and the dudes like they were they're like, hey, can get a little closer? And I'm like, you can get a little closer. I'm gonna stand back here and zoom in as best I can. Like that thing is like it's like four of me. Mm. I mean, no shit. That wow. thing was probably like a twenty foot gator stretched out. Yeah, I don't know. That thing was big. <laughs> twenty twenty might be a stretch, mm. but yeah, we had hey, some hey. <laughs> we had uh, you know, and and they're I don't know, man. They're they're, they're I love them. I mean, they're really beautiful animals, but mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you could ride the ferry motor right up to the face of, of one of them at the dunes club. And I mean, he would just kind of get up and saunter off and he didn't care what you had going on. You know, he just, he was out yeah. basking in the sun and yeah, as long as you don't bother them, they really don't bother you. And I mean, you can get fairly close to them. They'll, they usually like to warn you first before, before they mm. really warn you, <laughs> they'll start hissing and, and whatnot, or they'll, they'll try to, walk away from you they really don't care to be around people but uh you know when people start feeding them that's when they mm. that's when they get uh that's when it becomes dangerous because they can uh you know one person feeds them and the next person doesn't but they think they are mm -hmm. and then they get mad they're gotcha. looking for a snack. Yeah. So in case, uh, so for you listeners, if you're wondering why people wear bright colors, uh, while they're playing golf in Myrtle beach, it's to, uh, ward off the gators. Well, also for your listeners, just don't feed them. <laughs> Do us a favor and don't feed them. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. I definitely made up the, uh, the, 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 the warm color thing. So yeah. And you have black bears or something? Bright colors help. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> sounded good <laughs> there you go yeah black bears is that what you have black bears yep yeah yep they get uh every once in a while we'll find one in the swimming pool oh, gosh. Um, in the community <laughs> you know we've had them in there a couple times uh you know they don't really bother the trash i mean we we do a pretty good job of keeping all the trash you know Mm -hmm. sealed off and locked up in dumpsters or whatever but uh yeah they they just i don't know what they're after but yeah we, we get a f moving through the area mm -hmm. uh, a lot of deer mm -hmm. um just a lot of snakes obviously birds yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. woodpeckers that kind of stuff mm -hmm. so yeah it's uh yeah if you if you enjoy wildlife and nature you know one the golf course is is a great place to go but especially tidewater you know we've got a lot of wildlife out there and um, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and guess what's going to be number one on my list on my third trip to Myrtle Beach? You may not want to hear this. But. Um, 
Yeah, I probably don't want to hear this. Go ahead. <laughs> so if, if, in case you don't, if, in case you're just listening and you're not watching, it's a uh, Tidewater scorecard. I mean, mm-hmm. I got to move my scorecard on this thing. Not the, the scorecard's yep. fine. It's just what's inside of the scorecard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yeah, numbers, so we're definitely, yeah. uh, definitely sending you a message. Well, I, d- hey, hey, bite your tongue, Dan. Bite your tongue. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, Sean, I know you've, uh, you probably got stuff to do. So, so, uh, not to be quick, but, uh, so some hidden gems. So if I'm heading to Myrtle beach to uh, play golf, could be, uh, could be me and my, my, uh, my partner and we're coming up and she's like, I'm not a good golfer, but we're, we're going to tidewater anyway, but I want to go to a really good place to eat. Where do the, where am I going as a local to eat? Don't send me to Calabash. Don't send me to uh, no buffets on this table. No, I want, no, uh, no. Um, well, I tell you, we just opened up our restaurant. Um, our restaurant's been closed at Tidewater, where our restaurant's been closed because of COVID. Um, we actually um, started leasing it out to a restaurateur and somebody that we knew locally um, that had had some really, really nice restaurants in the area. And he is now running it out of our clubhouse. Um, so awesome. I would be remiss if i didn't recommend that place first and what, um, what are you calling it to, well it's the Dude. clubhouse grill at tidewater um, okay his name is joey chef joey he uh i don't know if he prefers joey's clubhouse grill at tidewater or you know the clubhouse grill at joey's tidewater or whatever he wants to call it he's he's calling it just whatever but uh yeah so i, I would i would have to recommend that place first i love his food um He's had, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Aspen Grill in town, hmm. um, Key West Grill. He's been involved with some really nice uh, restaurants. Um, so he's definitely comes from a very good pedigree. But um, stay, are you looking for non-seafood, just a mixture of stuff? I mean, what are you looking I, for? I, Dan, go ahead. Oh, uh, it's just the off the beaten path things that uh, you know. If we're going, like next time, Cal and I come into town, like we should, you guys should go check out this kind of hole in the wall, that kind of place. You know, that, just things that are more local that we wouldn't um, know about. Yeah. You know? Not Applebee's, not Red Lobster, not Joe's Crab Shack, like something that we would <laughs> okay. wouldn't find. Got I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, Barons. Barons. Barons is um, a place that. Uh, well, let's start with let's start North Myrtle Beach and work a little way south. So Midtown Bistro in North Myrtle Beach, okay. uh, very nice, quaint little place, very small, um, very good, very good meats, very good pasta. Um, the guy that owns it fishes. I guess he goes fishing every day because his seafood is always, always, mm. always just absolutely fresh. That's awesome. Um, you know, so that's a great place. Uh, my wife and I like to go to, and then. Uh, Barron's has, has been a place that we've really enjoyed going to over the years. And that's Rossi's used to be in the Galleria, which is in the, in uh, restaurant row, um, kind of the, the no man's land between Myrtle beach and North Myrtle beach along 17, um, Barron's, as far as I know, is still there. Um, they've usually got really good specials every night. Um, but it's very small, very quaint. Um, Gosh, I'm trying to think. What else? Uh, Aspen Grill. Aspen Grill is always great. Um, you know, new ownership there is um, really doing a good job with it. Uh, that's that's actually in Myrtle Beach, around probably sixty. I don't know, fifth, sixty eighth Avenue, something like that, off of Business Seventeen. 
Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of good hole in the wall places that are, you know, very nice and how usually have a good selection of alcohol and food and there you go. Perfect, perfect answer. So, uh, Sean, what's the course record? Oh gosh. I, you know, I don't even know. I think it's 59 okay. and don't ask me. Hold, who hold on, record. hold on. And I'll share. Oh, no, no, actually, actually, I won't. Actually, I'm not going to, I'm not going to share. I didn't turn it in because I, I turned it in. Matt, not great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god has um so has dj played there um yeah i think he played there i think he practiced there when he was playing for coastal okay gotcha um you know when he was on coastal's golf team he played there but uh i don't think he's i don't think he's played there i think you know there's a story that i probably can't even <laughs> can't even repeat i'm not even allowed to we can, say but, we can uh, kill we can kill the mics here in a minute <laughs> We can edit. Next you time you're at Tidewater, ask the head, ask the GM about it. He'd, he'd love to tell you that story. Okay. All right. So what, so what, what if I grab you and I'm like, uh, hey, Sean, look at me. Did you say, was it Mike or Chris? Chris. Chris. Okay. Yeah. We, let's get Chris. Uh, let's, uh, let's pop a top and let's share the story. <laughs> yep. That, that'd be fine. Okay. Perfect. That'd be fine. Perfect. Yeah. He, awesome. That's good stuff. That's fun. That's fun. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know, Dan. You got any other questions no, for uh, our friend Mr. I Donahue? That, I knew we were going to get along with uh, with Sean when he told us that he was into campers and the eight steak, and then we're like, this is going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I'm not into campers this, anymore, this, man. That was a bad time in my life. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, Cal and I are both into campers, so see, I'm aspiring to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I want an airstream <laughs> remodeled on the coast of Myrtle Beach, as close to tide waters <laughs> I can get. That way, I can just uh, you know deck, swim across the. Uh, uh, intercoastal yeah i don't know how it is now but back then you know and we're talking mid 90s yeah. you know you could get a, a lot at a campground for um i think from september 1st through may 31st it was like 1500 dollars. oh wow yeah things have changed yeah, yeah for, i mean for that whole time period not just a month for that whole time period wow. so it was very economical but you know that 26 foot camper man it's uh you know, having to go to the bathhouses and, and yeah. shower and stuff in the middle of winter and they didn't have any heat in there and it was yeah. rough. It was well, rough. coming from Brevard, I mean, that's up in the sticks. I mean, I grew up in East Tennessee, man. So oh, yeah, like, you, you get it. You get it. I, I, yeah. I'm a hillbilly at heart, you know, and I'm, I'm a hillbilly in general. I just live in the, happen to live in the city for, I don't know what reason, but uh, it just, it happened. Yeah. But uh, the hillbilly has never left. And I'm like, man, I'm longing to live in a good, uh, and, and I don't even want to say mobile home. I'm talking about a camper. Well, at least it, <laughs> it's a big it difference. Means your affinity for alcohol and uh, living quarters on wheels. That's so true. That's true. We get it. Yep. We uh -huh. get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sean, we really appreciate uh, appreciate you coming on with us and sharing uh, uh, more time than than we ask you for. We, we appreciate it, and 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 Thank more you. importantly, uh, the, you know, the biggest thing I would say is um, if you're thinking about going to play golf and you're you're like, hey guys, or, or hey honey, uh, we don't know where to go play. Go to Myrtle Beach. It's a fantastic. They they've got more golf courses than you could imagine. If you're having a rough time trying to figure out where to go play uh I, i'm telling you right now start at tidewater it's you you will not be disappointed the only thing that might disappoint you is the next course that you play sean and his crew has got that place as tight as can be i played it in 
the, as hot and sweaty as could be in the summertime. I played it fall, uh, overseeding's done and it's, uh, it, it's immaculate. It will hit good golf shots and make good putts and take your time or it'll eat your lunch, but it's a good, it, at least you're playing on an immaculate golf course. Uh, Sean mentioned it earlier. I mean, everybody that's there is it, it is member for a day. As soon as you drive up and you meet the first person until you leave the last person that you see, it's great. If you see Sean on a golf cart, wave him down. He's uh, he, we I've seen him both times that I played there this year and it's uh, it's a fun chat. He'll share some things with you. Yeah. It, it's really been awesome, Sean. We appreciate it so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Uh, Tidewater and uh, Myrtle Beach. Let's do it again. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to you. Thank you. <laughs>